Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Shut I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. What's up to the good people out there? Yo, last month's episode was with Lizzo, and this month's episode is with the homie Sean Leon. The theme of the past two interviews is I wanted to see... I wanted you guys to listen to these episodes and these interviews if you haven't already to see how far they've come. Lizzo, we all know that she's blown up. She's a superstar. And Sean Leon, since the last time I interviewed him, uh, this interview came out. Uh, he's been working with Kanye West. He helped him on a Jesus is King sessions and I don't know what else. You could check that out. Check the credits. He's doing amazing work. He's been touring with Daniel Caesar and doing amazing things. And this interview right here with Sean Leon is one of my favorite interviews of all time on the Come Up Show podcast. This is in my top three for sure. And uh, Sean Leon takes us through his lowest points in his career. This is one of those, you know, if you love the Come Up Show podcast, this is one of those seminal podcasts. Without further ado, Sean Leon, the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go. Please introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? Uh, huge fan of the show. Sean Leon, a.k.a. Maui Slim, a.k.a. Daddy Valley. They on my way again. East and deep and on the way again. Yeah. Next bitch in my face again. Hit it once and tell her I need space again. Yeah. Might just rock the fade again. Plotting in my mama base again. Ooh. Yeah. They on my way again. Fuck you, good night, dog. I wait to fail. Yeah. Story, try, stuff, flow. Build my DJ out. Sean Leon, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Come Up Show, man. Welcome to the Come Up Show podcast, man. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks how are you? How me. are you feeling, man? Feeling great. Yeah, uh, you have a show coming up. We should definitely because this this is coming out in a, in a few days. Um, we should let people know about that uh, at the Mud Club. Uh, can you tell us about this show? Why it's special? Why should people come out to it? Uh, July 26th, uh, Sean Leon in concert at the Mud Club with some people's kids, uh, Native Other. A very talented band from the deep end, which is the east end of the 905, will be supporting me. I will be playing my film that I made that I had premiered at the Royal in January. Uh, we sold out the Royal. We had three, three, uh, three. Was it either three or four hundred people come out uh, to watch this this piece of art and then to have an inte- uh, intelligent conversation about it, and that was great. So we'll be premiering that again. And uh, it's my first show at home since I released my album, I Think You've Gone Mad. Uh, and uh, we're just looking forward to, to uh, bringing that project to life on stage. Mm. We've done the mock club before. I've done it so many times. Um, you destroyed we have, it so many have, times. Yeah, the footage like, is there. Burned the stage so many times. <laughs> yeah, the footage is there. Uh, <laughs> we've seen it. We've, we've, you know, but this is a little different, you know, um, I was at a different point, uh, or a different place in my life at that time. So I'm, I'm excited to seeing, I'm excited for the nostalgia of it all. And I'm also excited to, uh, bring a new energy there. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, uh, a Sean Leon show, uh, is, is, uh, quite different. Um, you know, me as a music journalist, I go, I've been through hundreds and countless of shows, but you really feel like you're part of something and witnessing something 
uh, at a Sean Leon show. Can can you t- uh, tell people? Uh, uh, oh, first of all, like, how do you prepare f- uh, for a show? Uh, what state of mind do you get in, and 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 what's going on when you're on on stage? Um, it varies. You know, the process usually is uh, excitement, and then depending on how long from the announcement to the actual show day, uh, I can I, I can cycle through a ton of emotions. Uh, sometimes I'm unenthused for a very long time. Sometimes I'm completely disenfranchised and uh, uh, removed from the idea of it completely until 48 hours, 24 hours, 15 minutes. And then something happens and I snap and I become something different than I am, I think, in my everyday life. I mean, sometimes I look back at the footage and I, and I laugh and I say, damn, who is this guy? I want to be this guy. Um, when you see that guy, are you sometimes, like, perplexed? You're, like, are you even maybe scared of, like, what is this? Like, nah, yo. No, nah, I know I know exactly <laughs> that. I know exactly, you know, that that is 100% me. Yeah. I just, it's just exciting to see that. You know, I make the joke all the time. I don't get to see myself live. That's something everybody else gets a pleasure to or is privy to. I only get to see myself on playback. So um, for me, you know, when I'm doing a show, I just try to be as in it, uh, as free as possible. Um, whenever I go to a show, and this was like starting in 2012, whenever I went to a rap show, a local actor, whatever, somebody in my position on the come up or whatever, if I could sense nervousness, I felt awkward in the audience. If, if I could sense... Um, like nervousness they, from the art restrictiveness that's on stage. yeah okay. from the art from the from the performer mm-hmm. if i could if i could sense that they were restricted i felt awkward and from that i i just deduced that in order to have a good time and in order to have people leave here that didn't know who i was but now are dying to know who i am i have to be myself completely um and i have to be free I have to be courageous on stage. So when I'm on stage, we're running around, we're having fun. Uh, it's a party. Um, it's it's a spectacle. You know, it's it's engaging. It's a uh, 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 a moment for you. You know, I've made a lot of fans that are now lifetime Sean Leon fans from a, a single performance. You know, and what's great is about this particular one on the 26th is that this is this is my show. I'm headlining this show. Um, I'm choosing who's opening. We're doing the set design. We're picking the screens, um, the graphics, and and handling the visuals. We're 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 handling the lights. We're in complete control this time, so we can have even more fun than when it was just you know dropping in, killing something, and leaving with with a bit of money or or with a bit more respect for my peers or with with new fans and and, and things like that. Mm. This is all you. Yeah. Well, me and my team, of course. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of yeah, but you're the headlining set. You're not featured on another thing or whatever. That type no, of stuff. no, no, no. This this one's all about me, um, and who I choose to bring out, and you know what I what I choose to reveal mm. about myself. I felt like uh, so the movie is called uh, Life when you're the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people will be able to see that before the show. They gotta show up early. Yeah, uh, they'll be able to experience it, and it's what it's uh, thirty minutes. How long is it? Yeah, it's a thirty-minute film. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because uh, people uh, nowadays, in terms of artists, uh, creatives, they just put something out there on YouTube, and that's it. Uh, you've really held held on to this thing. It's not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, nowadays, uh, things die. Like you know, the work dies. Um, and the music video itself, the idea of the music video, or at least it it being something that that um, like this massive event is like is pretty rare, especially when you're coming from a position where you have to be creative because you don't have a massive budget, you don't have a major label, million dollar budget for a video. So not only are you competing and just like holding somebody's attention for more than three minutes, you're you're competing with these massive checks and these massive production companies and and, and and things like that. So for me, I was like um, holding on to the film instead of releasing it and it dying and it being uh, something we don't talk about tomorrow just because of the amount of content that's coming out every single day at, at, at all times, you know, from all angles. 
now it's this this asset that I can take on tour and I can go to different cities and I can play the film there and I can have a conversation with people. It's it's this thing now that I can I can treat as an asset and I can tour and I can I can touch people and I can have conversations with them and I can show them who I am and and show them why I'm I'm somebody that they should buy into, something that they should invest mm-hmm. their their not only just their whatever they they they'll spend on a t-shirt or or what have you, but their their uh interest, you know, their their passion. I'm 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 an artist that you can you can root for and, and kind of get behind. You know, and what is the what's the film about? Well, I mean, the title is uh, "Life When You're the Movie," and it was a concept that came to me because I just uh, I was hearing a lot of talk about how in 2017 or just in, in this time, you know, we're all brands. We all have our own Instagram pages, our own Facebook pages. You know, you walk around and you're 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 a brand, but you know, in my opinion, I, I feel like we're all movies, and you can you can really dictate and you can decide. You know, for the most part, like how your movie or what kind of movie is going to be, like if it's going to be a comedy or a horror film or, you know, a tragedy or or, you know, a thriller or what have you. You know what I'm saying? But you're really um, the person that's deciding that for yourself. Um, And I just wanted to uh, show that again, like with the resources uh, presented to me, being independent um, and being a father. Um, there's only so much I can do. So for me, it's about taking what is around me, my environment, the the characters in my life, um, my everyday life, and 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 packaging that, you know. And and there's a, it's genuine because of it, you know. It's it's making where I come from more exciting. It's mm-hmm. making it more exciting to be, you know, who I am or or somebody like me. You know, that's what people can. And that's why people, I think, fuck with it. You know, it's very uh, real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see. It. I haven't seen the film. I I wasn't lucky enough to see it yet. But I I believe that uh, you said somewhere that your whole come up is an important part of the film. It's like a romantic part because uh, once you pass that phase of you're in your Parkdale basement that you're trying to get out of, you're n- never gonna come back to that. You're gonna miss it. It's kind of romantic. Yeah. Well, I was just saying it's just something that I felt for a long time. Um, you know, because I think, I think fame is cheap. I, I don't think it's, it's what it, it once was or, or, or as valuable as it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up, you know, because again, it's the most romantic part of your career. It's, it's, it's the time where you can, uh, communicate to people and, and talk to people like, you know, one-on-one, like maybe you're doing smaller shows, but you're doing more intimate venues. So you're really seeing the faces and touching the hands and, you know, getting that energy and giving it and, and being uh, reciprocated and things of that nature. It's like before you sign a, a record deal, um, you're making music purely out of the love. And no matter how professional you are, or how much you approach it as a business, um, you're still in a position where you're completely free. You know, once you sign a deal or something of that nature, it it really becomes a job. And there there's there's a chance there that once it becomes that job that it's it'll lose its appeal. You know, it loses its um that that innocent or the purity of it is tainted because you know, you know, once you get a glimpse of this industry and how it works and why things are the way they are and why so certain people have what they have and and how it actually works is it can be kind of sickening you know i i was learning that myself this year so it's like you got to really appreciate this time you know you got to appreciate those those years in your mom's basement making music or uh painting or like whatever it is you do you mm-hmm. know while it's still yours and completely yours it's like having a, it's like having a child you know what I'm saying? And now the child's old enough to go to university, go to school in the real world on their own now. So it's like, it's it's pretty much uh, that feeling there. Top tier, and I got some years on the ground. Top tier, still don't have no tears coming down. Unless I'm mushrooms. Had my little brother and my homegirl in the room. Talking to the walls. Yeah. Used to stack it in the jar. Yeah. And I was wired at It's 
funny because uh, my team uh, tweeted out uh, it's like a social media post about promoting your show, and then they said Scarborough's own Sean Leon. Yeah, it's been happening like, a lot. I don't, and know I was like, don't know where I'm coming from. And I was from. like, yo, I was like, yo, I just talked to Sean like a you know I talked to you a week two weeks ago at Manifesto, yeah. and you were talking about. Uh, Ajax now Parkdale. I was like, I, I don't think he's from Scarborough. Well, I was and then born the guys... in Scarborough. I was born in Scarborough. Like, yeah. And I, I, for me, like, what's so interesting about things like this is, um, it's important where I'm from, but it, at the same time, it doesn't really matter. But it's like I was born in Scarborough. My mom had me in Scarborough, um, and when I was six, my mom made the decision to move to Ajax. Um, and then when I was old enough to live on my own, I made the decision to move to Parkdale. So, like Wikipedia says, Scarborough, born in Scarborough. Yeah. So technically, that's my hometown. Mm-hmm. I don't call it home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say, you know, where my mother raised me is Ajax. So I would call that, or I would have called that home. But at that same time, I go, well, when I was old enough to make the decision of where I wanted to live and where I wanted to have my family and where I want her to go to school, and what community I want to be a part of and taking energy, but also giving it back to it was Parkdale. So I, I call Parkdale home, you mm-hmm. know, because it wasn't it wasn't given to me. You know, I decided that for myself. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of confusion. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I saw that. I was like, yo, I don't think he's from Scarborough. And my, my one of my, you know, so, uh, comp- contributors said, but it says Scarborough and yeah, on Wikipedia. I was, I was born like, uh, there. So okay. technically that's my hometown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. That's my hometown, but it's not where I went to high school. Okay. I went to high school in the East then. You in know, the so that, I feel and like And I that's... wonder was there did, what how did that did it shape you at all? Like Of course. It, yeah, 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 of course. Like this it's the reason why I am the way that I am. Um How did uh Ajax Well there's not much you, to yeah. do there. Yeah. Um, like never mind like the systematic um racism that I got from just being out there and just just being a, a minority and just really feeling that energy. Um, uh, it was just so great and boring and far apart and uh, there wasn't much to do. And because of it, I was in the basement. Like I was in the basement working on shit or I was at the movies. You know, I love the movies so much. I, I ended up working a part-time job there for a bit. Um, so I did that. Uh, I like to shop. I like to thrift. So I was thrifting. I ended up getting a job at like a value village because of that same thing. But between like the thrifting, going to the movies, like there's really is nothing to do. There's not a fucking single thing to do. So you're in your basement or your mom's basement just working on music or whatever it is you want to do. And because of that, I kind of got this work ethic. Um, that's kind of unparalleled, I think, where a lot of guys like me, they don't really have that same type of drive. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's natural. Like, I, I'm, it's it's weird. Like, going on vacation without a studio present isn't a vacation because I won't be able to relax because all I'll be thinking about is recording. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Why is that? Is that because when you're, say, on a, in a new environment, you're getting new energy that you want to translate? No, I'm just, yeah. again, it's just yeah. like routine. It's like yeah. brushing my teeth. It's like taking a shower. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I've been doing it every day for so long. You know, walking out of my, like hopping out of bed, walking walking over to my desk, and then just starting. Um, and I think that again is because of where I came from. Like there wasn't much else to do. And when I gave mm-hmm. up being in the NBA, uh, especially, there was like there was nothing to do. Um, so you find something that you like, and you kind of like obsess over it where we come from, and it develops a lot of talented individuals with. Uh, uh, like they're like we're like maniacs, you know. We're like super driven. I call it like that that kind of mamba mentality, that type that type of Kobe drive, you mm-hmm. know, where I could like break a finger, in game, have it snap back in, and then shoot a free throw, like th- like that type of stuff. And I think that's coming from where I come from. That's that was instilled in me. Mm. Yeah. Was basketball your first passion? Your first thing that caught yeah. you like that? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always like to write. I always like to write, but the guys that were writing in the movies that I was watching weren't getting the girls. Um, or, they, or they didn't look like, like me. They didn't look like oh, me. Oh, okay, yeah. That's you know, there's like a Chad Michael Murray, but yeah. I don't look like him, mm-hmm. you know, growing up. So for me, it was like that. Again, it was, it was, 
identifying who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do was was difficult um, at first, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, after basketball, was it uh, was it music? The next yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I that's that's been, and and because of music, I've I've found new things that I'm passionate about. It's like I started making music. Um, I need album cover. Couldn't get anybody to do my album cover, so I started taking pictures and found out that I really love photography and then pursued that. Um, I needed videos, couldn't get anybody to do my videos, so I was like, okay, fuck it, I'll direct my own videos, and then found out that I really, really enjoy colors and I really appreciate um, putting together a mood board um, and writing writing a script and, 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 and then going forward with that executing that and having this final visual product um and then i became really passionate about film and i was like well i'm not just going to do these small videos i'm going to do a film instead um and because of that you know i've been able to kind of um hop in and out of these different lanes but but do it comfortably you know not it's for me it's not a it's not like i'm stretching myself too too thin it's like these are all related i always saw music in color so when I started filming and putting these scenes together, I was like, no, I know exactly what color I want this scene to be. Because when I heard the instrumental, when I made the beat, when I was writing my verse, this is the color I saw. So I, I want I want to make it that. Mm. I want it to be exactly, you mean to tell me that not only can I write and record and produce and help my engineer so it's sonically exactly what I want, but I can now make it visually exactly what I want. You know, that's that's the rush. That's like the reason to do it every mm. day. So Is that empowering? Yeah, and it's it's so convenient because nowadays you kind of gotta do more than one thing, like uh, in terms of the economics of music, uh, not making as much money, things being expensive. You gotta learn more than one thing, so it kind of fit in perfectly into what you are already passionate about. Yeah, but do you like that control? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was talking to—I uh, don't remember who I was talking to somebody from my team about this the other day. I've said I, I've been doing it by myself for so long that now that we're in conversation with these labels and, and talking about doing a deal potentially and negotiating and, and making it right, um, I, I, my, one of my, 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 my fears is, like, um, I've been doing it on my own for so long. Um, I don't want to really have to trust anybody. I don't want to have to, like, other than the people that I have vetted and have proven themselves like my my squad and that's one of the things or, or the factors in in signing sean leon is like it isn't just picking up me the artist is picking up everybody behind the scenes so that we can maintain uh, our trajectory you know what i'm saying they understand the vision they know what it what, what's required and the sacrifice it's going to take so just throwing random people in now would be to me uh, backwards, you know, wouldn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mostly investing. And that's why when the conversation becomes, it's always I, I hear a conversation where it's like, you know, don't sign a deal, don't sign a deal. You know, blah, 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 blah. You're stupid if you sign a deal. I'm like, I'm only ever hearing this being said to rappers. I'm not hearing this being, I don't mm-hmm. hear this being said to like uh, a guy starting a band or like pop acts, like alternative whatever, like even R&B. It's like, I hear specifically with rappers and I, I wonder why that is because I think the conversation shouldn't be don't sign a deal it should, it should be don't sign a bad one and here's here's what you do so that when it's time to get that deal you can negotiate and have better terms for yourself because every single artist except for the one they keep mentioning Chance has a record deal even the ones that are saying not to they have record deals um, and even like you know there are so many loopholes and there's so much misinformation being delivered out to these artists every single day. It's like a lot of the guys, like even Chance, who doesn't have a record deal, he has all types of deals, though. Like there are all types of deals that you don't know of that are propelling him forward. But we don't get that information. Like for me, I'm like what I've been trying to preach to uh, rappers and, and kids in school that want to rap. I'm like, man, there's nothing wrong with it. Don't let them trick you into thinking that it's some sort of a pipe dream or whatever like be real with yourself like if you are talented enough to do it and you have the skill be real with yourself um and once you've had that conversation one-on-one with you um treat it like a treat it like a job 
like treat it like a like a stockbroker. Don't don't look at it like I'm gonna do this thing, hit a big lick, and now I got a fleet of cars and a mansion, and I go to Dubai. Like treat it like an actual job, and like you will move up, you know, if you do uh, the right, if you make the right moves. Um, it's like don't go to the label before you've been putting music out on your own, and you have X amount of followers, and you have X amount of people that'll come to your show and and buy your album and like fuck with your merch like don't don't go before you're confident enough in yourself that you can go in any room say this is my fucking record like it or not this shit is fucking dope how do you want to help you know what i'm saying like treat it like it's like be realistic and you know there's so many opportunities to 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 get that lifestyle that we've all been sold that we that we want to get like once you've done that and you're real with yourself, there are so many ways to do it. Don't give up your merch. Don't give mm-hmm. up your touring. Don't give your album away for 10 years. Like, this, like treat a deal like it's university in the sense that, like, that's a better deal than a lot of these kids are getting for their student loans. <laughs> you're getting, I'm getting an advance, but I'm also getting an opportunity to make money. These kids are going 10, 20, 30 bands into a university, and there's no job at the end of it. A lot of times there's no like in the meantime, you can make money because we're invested in you and we want to make money, too. There's none of that. You you know, so it's like just be realistic about it, you know, and don't be, you know, you got to really be a critical thinker more than anything. I think in 2017, Mm -hmm. you got to like there's so much fake news and there's so much noise and pollution. You got to You got to You got to be able to decipher it. You got to have people around you that you can trust that you can have intellectual conversations you know and not just who's doing this and who's fucking who and who's posting whatever nude like what's how do we like what's our dream and how do we manifest it you know mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely missing nowadays in social media yeah, it's, every, it's very misleading man it's like like you know correct me if I'm wrong but I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, like the NFL and the NBA are the only sports professional sport leagues that will ban a player for smoking weed. Those are predominantly black sports. I go, rap is predominantly black, guys, and you're telling them not to sign a deal. You're, like, basically saying don't go to university. You're basically saying, like, like the the the, the misinformation is, 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 is terrifying. You know, it's like, well, then how do you, how do you, uh, uh, separate yourself. It's not if it's not off the quality of the music. If me putting in X amount of hours and making a product that's of this quality doesn't ensure success, because there are people you need to talk to behind the door to get plugged, then how, why would you not? Why would you not sign a deal? You need representation. There's there's no other way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's one of the things I've been thinking about lately. What's up, guys? If you don't already know about Way Home, it's happening July 28th to the 30th, featuring Frank Ocean, Solange, Schoolboy Q, Russ, Danny Brown, Jazz Cartier, No Name, and so much more. Tickets and camping are now available at wayhome.com. Make sure you subscribe to our email newsletter as well, too, for more information with Way Home Festival. This question is on the same things that you've been saying. You've said uh, being a black rapper is like a double jeopardy yeah when did i say that what year was that that was probably like last year that still holds true i feel like i said that a few years ago yeah um i can't remember what interview that was that was a great interview though um and i'm pretty sure it was the interview to yourself (laughs) oh yeah there you go that makes perfect sense i'm wondering why i like it so much oh my god yeah so that was in december yeah you know (laughs) hundred percent, but I'm you're basically that point of that is like you know people treat you. You're not a rapper. You're not creative. You're not articulate. Like there's negativity and stigma that comes behind well, being a rapper. It's just like even more than that. Like just there's just a ceiling. Like there's 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 a ceiling. Like you're capable of this. I am comfortable with you having this much. I am comfortable with you behaving in this manner. Uh, anything else is odd and. Uh, how did you become that way? It's it's a lot of the, um, like instead of just being somebody and it's like, um, like when I remember growing up, I remember growing up and having a teacher tell me on sev- several occasions that I was deceptively smart 
and I thought that was a compliment. I went home and I talked to somebody about it, and they asked me, and they said, well, what's about you makes it so, it's like, what's deceiving about your intelligence? Like, what about you, like, are you wearing anything in class that says that you're an idiot? Are you behaving differently than any other kid? Like, what is it about you? And I'm realizing, like, oh, well, that was just said to me because I was the black kid. That was there was no other reason why I'm deceptively smart, um, and that's what I'm just saying. Like uh, for me, like that's part of the part of the the ceiling that they'll place on you. It's like they're they're comfortable with you being this level of whatever it is, and and once you once you surpass that, people start feeling threatened. You know, it starts to be a lot of static, um, and it can mm. be kind of difficult to maneuver. You know what I'm saying? So. You gotta. For me, it's like really about kind of playing the fool to catch the fool a lot of the times. Hmm. A lot of the time. And I, and I think you talked about you know some of the people that uh, Kanye West, Kid Cudi, you know these are some very smart people, some geniuses. Uh, and they you know you see them check into rehab, and I think I I've, you probably have thought like, yeah. oh, am I doomed? Am I heading in that same path? Well, it's like why like right now I'm, I am. With a friend of mine, we are organizing like uh, a, a, a panel to discuss hypermasculinity and mental health within men, and, and and things like that because I don't feel like it's not a discussion enough. Uh, I feel like um, we don't talk about it like just like general in general we don't talk about it enough. But I think especially black men, we don't talk about it enough. And I was just noticing a trend. And I was just, you know, also slowly being kind of given the game and how things worked. And I'm like, I, I totally understand why people are kind of losing their minds. Um, I, I totally understand why it's people are breaking down. Like, I, I, I can see why um, this game isn't uh, or just just things are the way they are. You know what I'm saying? At, at some point, you 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 wake up and something happens, and now you see the world for what it actually really is. You know, and it's 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 can be depressing. You hmm. know, it, it can be depressing, but that's why being an artist is such a blessing. It's like any negative in your life, you can flip into a positive because you have an outlet to express it. You know what I'm saying? So, for me. Uh, that was like the main reason. Again, I chose uh, making music over basketball. For me, it was like as far as expressing certain things that were difficult for me to get out, certain things I, I might not have been comfortable with saying just in conversation, but was was willing to write it down and maybe even record it and maybe even release it. You know, maybe it's just something that I play for myself. You know, I still do that from time to time. Um, but I had like an outlet, and I was so thankful for that. You know, I just pursued it. Mm. But yeah, mental health isn't isn't something that we discuss. Just period. Just as just humans. Period. Like across the board, you know. But I think a lot of the problems in the world, especially in my community, uh, uh, with black men, could be solved. You know, with a better understanding of, of masculinity um, mm-hmm. and and uh, just just mental health awareness and just kind of fighting the stigma of it. Um, I'm I'm no. Uh is it fair to say artists, for the most part, are like sensitive in terms of uh, they're in tune with the environment? And I think you were talking about with the Kanye Kid Cudi example. You know, their sensitivity was a driving force uh, of their well, genius. Well, I wouldn't say artists yeah. because, yeah. like, even the word artist is like I don't even know what that really means. Like, I know what it means to me. Yeah. But like, there are a lot of people that would say that they are artists, and I wouldn't agree. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I think definitely there's a there's a percentage of people, just period, that are more sensitive, that uh, empathize, that are more in tune with their surroundings and the environment. Mm-hmm. And I think a population of those people are artists, yeah. But you connect to that sensitivity that, say, a Kanye or a Kid Cudi has. You say you suffer from that same sense. Yeah, I mean, well, like, that's why I fuck with them so much, like, even coming up, like— I like I, I love Kanye for for a million reasons, but the reason why is like a lot of times when I was by myself and I, I was listening to music and I needed something to like help me get through something like that was the voice, you know, or Kid Cudi was the voice like in high school and stuff like that, and it was because of something they were saying or just how they were saying it or just the production around it. They were just willing to approach or like you know 
have a certain emotion in, in the music that I was missing because I was, you know, more uh, accustomed to hearing very, very aggressive content, you know, from guys that look like me. So I thought that's what was appropriate for me. That's what was expected of me. So guys like that, I'm always like the Pharrell of the game too. Like mm-hmm. as much as I'm, I, I love, I love everything. Like those voices really helped me at certain times. Yeah. When certain people in my life weren't there anymore and, um, and I needed something. So, yeah. So, uh, and you mentioned like music is like, it was getting the different, uh, like it's therapeutic, but it's getting a different demon out of you. You're expressing something out of you that basketball wasn't. And yeah. you wouldn't know what to do if it wasn't for that, right? Yeah. yeah. And I like, I got, I got like voices in my head. And for me, it's like always like even the, the sometimes, sometimes it's like, it's, it's music that, like for example, like I, I dropped my album in February, and like a week later I was in LA, and I was in like these environments uh, where my music was playing in this house, and there were so many people in the house at the time, this massive, massive like bungalow or whatever, um, and I'm like listening to the songs, and it's like this in this song I'm talking about sleeping outside and my brother being in jail and, and not being able to communicate with him and being desensitized to that and becoming jaded and and all this sad shit and it's just in the middle of this party <laughs> you know it's like in the middle of the party like I'm playing all this sad shit and it's like you know sometimes it's that music but then I'm also making music that isn't that emotional and it's like a specific feeling but it's always still you know genuine still some sort of uh, I don't even know if demon is the word, but like some sort of voice in my head that wants to be heard at that time. Like he has the floor, he wants to be heard versus like something else that might be more introspective um, and, and have like a deeper meaning. Um, uh, so I don't even know where I was going to. It's funny because I think you were explaining, say that song, uh, Matthew in the Middle. Yeah. If, if Matthew in the Middle is playing in LA and it's bungalow in a party yeah. and you're hearing that, do you feel vulnerable at all? Yeah, th- yeah. it's like, it's it's weird. And that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's like, yeah. it's like, that. that's sorry, that was my point. It's yeah. like, uh, in the middle of that, it's just yeah. me like in confessing all of this pain or, you know, uh, what have you. And um, it's like tough to relive it. We ain't talk much since 99. We had problems like 99. I'm coming home. I know he lying, but that's my brother. So that was fine. He in the pen. I'm independent. I used to pen shit, but never send it. He was like my pen pal. I pawned his pendant. The cop a pistol, no cop protection. He had potential. Times were tense, and those tense times, crowd plays quicker, the grind takes time, so no Tim Tebow, he in the field, no guard, no boy lifestyle, a car, no job, he had a chain, now he changed. A lot of artists actually avoid making those types of records, you know, for that very reason, and I totally understand that. Whenever somebody kind of gets at an artist for, like, missing, um... Uh, depth or like not putting in the pain in their records I'm like some people don't want to relive that shit like just period like even people that don't make music have fucked up things happen to them and they don't talk about them like we don't have those conversations so like I, I totally understand that mm. because once you put it out it's out there forever and yeah. God forbid it's a, a hit that people want to hear at every show or for the rest of your life and you yeah. don't want to relive that those are like moment. my yeah. favorite hit yeah. records like the ones that are low key sad songs you know what I'm saying? Like, it sounds like it's... And I have a lot of songs like that, that you'll hear them. And then, and like, because of the production, I don't know what it is, but it's like a, it's like a bop. Like, it's, 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 it's a, quote, banger. That's the most misused word of all time, I think. Um, but, like, when you, when you break down the lyrics of it and the context of it, you go, oh, man, this is actually, like, um, a, a terrible thing that's happening you know like or this is like a sad thing that's happening you know and there's not even just me like there's a lot of people that do that like there are a lot of artists um indie and major that like their biggest records are them like uh crying for help like like future is like a prime example of that like he's got some joints where he's literally crying for help and the party is like on 10 and, and nobody's like you know and like salute him for like being real enough to do that and relive that every time 
go do a show and have people wilding out to that pain. You know, it's it's, it's selfless work. Do you think people are getting it, understanding that? Are they Some people, yeah, like, yeah. like I don't yeah. expect everybody to, to, like, man, like, man, I got my heart broken so much that I, I just don't, I don't set myself up for heartbreak. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't put music out and expect everybody to understand me. That's ridiculous. Like, I think it's less crazy to meet somebody and marry them that day than it is to, like, make a song and expect everybody to feel you. You know, it's not going to happen. And there are people that are always going to dive in and look deeper, and there are going to be people that just don't want to give you the credit or saying that you have, like, the the capacity to even uh, contribute something like that to society. So they're going to take it at its surface level and never dive deeper. You know, it is what it is. Um, it's that. It's but that's based on their awareness. That's them. That's what at. I'm saying. It's completely yeah. yeah. It's completely external. It has yeah. nothing to do with you as a person. Like their interpretation of what right, you're saying. Right, and that's yeah. what I'm. That's what I'm seeing a lot yeah. of. Like I'm seeing a lot of. I'm seeing like a lot of the people that are curators that are controlling what new hip hop is being projected to the masses don't actually really give a fuck about hip hop. They tolerate it especially this new sound, this new era of of like uh of music from like my lane, like they don't even acknowledge it, like it's not even a real thing. You know what I'm saying? Um and and these are the gatekeepers that are controlling whether or not you're on the front page of Apple Music for long enough to get people to be like, "Oh, you're a big deal." You know what I'm saying? Cuz again, it's not off the quality of the, of the work. It's it's who you know. Um like nine out of ten times, and if you can have a really great product, but know and know somebody at the same time too, that's when it explodes, you know. But until then, you know, it's it's you know it could go either way. Um, and you're very outspoken about speaking like that and putting that out uh, up there. And somebody about, has to of, do of, it of coming for these gatekeepers. Yeah, well, somebody has to do it because, yeah. like, for me, like, uh, I, I'll play any game. That's fair. I'll play any game that's fair because I, I, I'll i sit down and figure out a way to win. You know, period. Like, even if the game isn't fair, I'm going to figure out a way to win. Um, and when I, I, I see what's going on and I see how it's working and how it's being manipulated and how they're using numbers to confuse people into investing in the things. So this thing has way more numbers than this thing, so... It's safe to say this is a better for me, or this is a more thought out uh, uh, project, or this is what I should be listening to. Um, when music is subjective, completely, completely, hmm. you know, completely. Um, but there, are, there are like basic categories that you can compare and and say who is better. Like certain, there are like there are like you know how in the NBA is like ball handling, three point shot. Uh, yeah like there are certain things that you can excel at like you can rap you can have cadences you can have uh, uh, just bars like you just like just like quotable lyrics Um, originality like whether or not we believe what you're saying is like a major thing you know and you can do those things and 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 in, in, in that respect it's easy to tell like who's who and guys hop on songs and expose other guys and they do songs together, and one guy gets exposed because one guy isn't the real deal. You know, he's been planted. He's been put in a position to win. Um, but, like, overall, that's not that's not what's going on. And, and I'm noticing, like, these guys don't even like hip-hop. Like, they don't even want to put on hip-hop. They're looking for the new R&B act or, like, the alternative act. Like, they're not at all focused on the rapper because there's no way he there's any thought into that even the rappers that they like quote they only like them because they've been told to like them they have like like beforehand like before that they wouldn't know they wouldn't be able to be like no this is the one that we should be listening to it's like this person told me and this person told me i saw him at this award show and blah 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 so this is who the guy is now you know mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy uh, you're, uh, I believe you've always been a very driven person, uh, but then uh, you, you had a daughter. This you brought this human being in the world, in the world, and what did she do for your motivation, for your purpose? Um, 
it's funny at different points of of uh my fatherhood I've had different answers um as far as like my drive um I've always had that so it wasn't like I was being lazy I had my daughter and I decided to wake up um she's definitely uh made it so I am able to access a softer side of me that I've been neglecting for a very long time because I thought I needed to for survival um that side that I need to nurture her and to give her and not even just need to but that I love giving her that I love being in the midst of the reason why I was late today um is like uh it's the is the best part of my life um uh and 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 that would be if I was a million times more successful, whatever it means to be successful, if I had a hundred million dollars in my bank account, it would still be like that moment that um I'm tucking her in and I hop in her bed for a bit and we just chill and talk right before she goes to sleep, you know. Um and I'm like super, super uh grateful for that. She's touched me um uh, in so many ways already. And I've been able to use that and 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 put that into the music, especially this newer project that I've been working on. And it's, it's it feels good, you know, um, to be able to do that. Hmm. What yeah. is she What is she che- teaching you about life? Well, uh, having her made me think about death a lot. What? Yeah, because as a, as as soon as you have, like, as soon as you have your child, you realize like your time's coming. At least for me, that's where my, my my mind went, because in terms of the next generations here, like, yeah, like okay. there's there's something to pass, there's somebody to pass things on to, mm-hmm. like I hadn't been thinking like that before, um, just stuff like you just wanna you just wanna spend the I want to spend as much time as I can, and I'm I sit and I and I I count sometimes the amount of time I got left, and it's not enough, you know, and that's because I have this thing that I never want to be without, so. That made me go there. Um, uh, yeah. So you you have a lot of people in your life, and but you I think you've said that you're ready to be alone. Like you're ready to s- suffer and be lonely in order yeah to well, achieve what you want to achieve. That's the premise of the next project. Is you know attachment is the root of all suffering. So I have now this thing that I'm completely attached to, and I didn't have this before. You know she was born. Um, I mean, I was attached to the idea of her when her mother and I decided to have her. But it was like having her now and like the the more I have her and the more we grow together, um, like that that statement really rings true. Like attachment is the root of all suffering. Like the hardest part for me is going away and hugging her through the FaceTime versus hugging her at home. You know, it's like I have an alarm on my phone that goes off at this time every single day because it's the time I go and pick her up from school. So when I'm not in town, and that alarm goes off. My first thought is like, not being at school, um, to get her, you know, things like that. So, if I could just get a moment, uh, my daughter, just me and her, I would just, yeah. Shout out to Lola, your grandma, Lolo. Me, and your mom, with your family, Lolo. Matthew Leon, be damned if I don't. Be damned if I do. You know what they gon' say about daddy, you know that that's, it ain't true. Don't be terrified. I'll be fighting till the day I die, don't be terrified. Yeah. Shout out to Lola. Your grandma Lola. Me and your mama. We your family Lola. When you're local and you're nice, that's the most dangerous part of a career. Yeah, because you're still accessible. Like like I said, it's the most romantic part of your career. So you can still touch people. You can still like you can go to the movies still. You're not you're not so famous that you can't go to the movies. You know, you can still go to the movies, but you go and you run into somebody that says, Man, you touched my life. Like you're on a date with this beautiful person and somebody comes up to you saying you you know, you touch their life and it's like, it goes great. The date goes great, you know, from that point on. Um, and, and that's like beautiful, but at the same time, like with any positivity, there's like an equal negative force that's out there that doesn't appreciate that, that feels like, 
there's only so many of us that can leave here. So if you're the one that's uh, on your way, that means that that's one less spot. That's where the resentment breeds, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be difficult, you know, to maneuver. But that's, again, just part of being a, 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 a man, to be honest. It's like I have to be equipped. I have to have that soft side for my daughter, but I have to be hard enough to be able to be handling situations when they come. You know, it's the duality of that. That's the premise of the first album, in that, in that, and the second is 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 the attachment being the root of all suffering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that the like you're talking about life when you're the movie, the playlist, it's out. People can check that out everywhere. Um, it seems like you don't put out music traditionally in terms of like here's an album and here it is and that's it. Like, what is this? I'm trying to get wrap my mind around this playlist that you have. Yeah. Right. Well, There's like A, B, C. I think you've gone mad or the sin is a father. B is I can see a blue sky from here. C is black sheep. Euphoria. Yeah. Well, the goal is yeah. the the plan is um, to release all the, all three albums from that trilogy. Okay. Um. So this is uh, A is what we've got. Yeah, A is what you have so far. Okay. Right. Okay. I can see blue sky from here is the second installment in that trilogy, and black sheep euphoria is the third. Um. And, uh, and what was Black Sheep Nirvana? Because I remember that being like something. Is that Black Sheep Nirvana else? is like well, it's it's the the three of them are under the umbrella of the Black Sheep Nirvana trilogy. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, the playlist is is a bit more extensive because I also uh, included songs that weren't on the album, like Lucy's. Um, I have like records that I didn't I didn't put on because it was just it was already twenty something songs, and I, mm-hmm. I it was just you know. Um, I plan on adding like deleted scenes later and, and extending scenes later and stuff like that in between. So a playlist just lets me make it so um, even though it's out already, I can still, I can update it. I can treat it like it's software. You know, I can update it. I can um, throw songs in. I can add scenes there. And um, there's just more freedom. Mm-hmm. Again, like being independent, I get to be, I'm as free as I want to be. This is like the best time to make anything. You know, it's, it's I'm, I'm having the most fun, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I can do whatever I want to do. You can do whatever you want to do, but also in this day and age, you can't, you have music, but you can't just put out music just like that because nowadays you have to uh, have a strategy and be, have a game plan and be yeah. patient. And your fans are like, yo, where's the music coming? Yeah. Can you tell yeah. me about that, the frustration of that. And Yeah. Like, well, that's like, um, that's. You like the artist wants to put out music um, with an opportunity to have a larger platform so their numbers can grow, so they can sustain their themselves and their family and their career, and they can invest, reinvest back into themselves and do more videos and do more things and go on tour and remain independent. Um, but if they're independent, they don't have like somebody that's like really pushing those records so they're only getting bigger through word of mouth now anytime i put a song out uh no matter how well it's done it's done way worse on the number scale than i wanted it to do <laughs> like no matter how big the numbers are like to me it's it's smaller than what i wanted um and it's like well okay well let me hold off on putting out music until I can get certain things in place. So when I do put it out, I have a bigger effect. Um, but then the fans start saying like, yo, we want music, where's the music? But then the artist is like, I don't want to keep breaking my heart and dropping these classics. And like, they're not, they're getting looked over because I haven't spoken to so-and-so yet. Cause I haven't shook hands with so-and-so, you know what I'm saying? So it's like a, a vicious cycle. And that's why I decided mm. like, I was like, man, you know what? Nobody should have to suffer for that but me. So what I'll do is uh, I'll just make a mixtape and put my mixtape out uh, before I put my album out, you know, just for something for my fans Mm. to enjoy and just, you know, do that independently. And, you know, because a lot of guys are putting music out and it's like they're just hoping that one of them picks up. Sticks. But it's like throwing a Hail Mary every time. You know, it's like it's we're underestimating like the difficulty of that you know for a song to just pick up for somebody to just be like mm. i love this i want to i want to promote it because even now like back in the day an artist with 
clout would hear something from like an underground artist and be like, oh man, and they would put that person on. Now it's like, let me sign this person and, and take that sauce. Like, let me get what's making you you so I can exploit that and have a, a longer career. You know what I'm saying? Or they just take the shit without saying anything. They act like they've never heard it. And we hear that in their sounds. We hear, you know, a lot of the underground artists are like, uh, are, are where they're at. And they're just like inspiration for a lot of these guys that don't want to let go, you know, hmm. that are past their point and are doing whatever is required to remain on top, you know, because I could see why it would be addicting, you know, um, just that lifestyle, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can empathize with that even still, you know, but, you know, it is what it is. We're coming to the near of our of our interview here, uh, Sean. But uh, I do need to mention. So you know, you're talking about Apple Music and you talk about the frustration of that. But you know, one of your close uh, you know friends and artistic friends is Daniel Caesar, uh, and um, I wonder what that's like in terms of the inspiration that you may get from like that's your friend and that's and he's. Do yeah, you get, I've always been yeah. that way. Like I was, I was uh, collaborating with Party Next Door. Mm-hmm. before he took off and I remember the year I saw him and that started from the bottom video I think I made like a hundred songs uh in like 30 days or something crazy like that it was like 30 or like or like a month and a half because for me seeing success and other young individuals like excites me and it kind of ignites a fire in me and a passion mm. and um you know everything that's happening for Daniel is is, is deserved like when I when I first heard him and was like um let's let's team up like come be a part of the initiative let's support each other right now uh, on this come up before we're at a point where we are strong enough to be sustaining and 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 uh self-sufficient um uh i knew even back then like what was happening now was going to happen um just like i know for myself just like I know for the other artists in my in my collective as well, um, the goal always was one of us is gonna pop first, uh, and whoever that is opens the doors, and then the squad comes through. So it's it's beautiful to watch. Um, I love it even more because he's he's still working with the same guys. It's this, it's the same team, guys I went to high school with, guys from the deep end, um, and they're doing it their way. Um, I protest and they protest too. Um, we have different ways of doing it, but our goals are the same. You know, freedom uh, financially and artistically and uh, being able to take care of the people we love through our product. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, what, uh, Sean, what sacrifices have you made to have that freedom to be on this journey that you're on right now? Well, like, you know, for people, it's different things. But, you know, uh, since, like, high school, since making music in my mom's basement, if I had to choose between dating somebody and making music, it was clear. If I had to choose between going to a party, having a social life, being present in people's lives and music, um, it was music because I said I, I need to become the best rapper on the fucking planet and I'm only gonna become the best fucking rapper on the planet by over committing um my mom used to tell me all the time that I I lack balance um and I have an addictive personality but I would always argue and say like Michael Jackson didn't have balance Michael Jordan didn't have balance you know these are people that like over commit and when that happens you can miss out on a lot in life but I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't really care. It's like, <clears throat> it's easy for me to, to to pick like what I want, you know. For me, it's it's music. It's it's not all that other stuff. It's like, you know, when when my mother and I reached the the, the climax of our um, beef back <laughs> in high school, and I had to choose between music and living at home. It was sleeping outside of McDonald's. It was sleeping outside of Tim Hortons. It was bouncing around from house to house. You know, it was like, this is what I want to be, regardless if you see it yet. Like, I see it for myself. And it's what it's, that's what it's always, that's what it is. Like, you know, always. You know, it's always like, regardless of what you see for me, I know what I see for myself. 
I know if I put in enough work, I'm going to get to that point. So that's what I'm going to do regardless. Mm -hmm. And then when it's all said and done and I get to where we get to, I won't have any hard feelings. You know what I'm saying? If you can let it go that I wasn't there and there's no resentment, then we can rebuild at that point. But something about having a lot of friends and not ever accomplishing what I want to accomplish isn't really uh, mm. appealing to me. Yeah. When you talk about when you were when you had to decide and you were sleeping outside at Tim Hortons, was that the lowest point on this journey? What no, was not the at lowest all. like lowest point? Was, yeah, you almost you quit last year. You quit no, rapping. I quit for, for like, like an hour, but an I quit, hour? I quit every day. <laughs> yeah, I quit every day. I give a fuck, man. Like I, I give a fuck. So you know that happens. You know. Um, from time to time, a lot of people that, that give a fuck and aren't afraid to say they give a fuck about something will definitely identify with that statement. Mm. Um, it's because you care too much. That not, you it's, not to even, like, it's not even too like much. Back, back away for a minute. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But like that frustration, like right before that frustration or right after that frustration is a breakthrough like every single time. And like when you're an artist, like you chase the breakthrough, you chase the catharsis that comes with that. That's what I'm after, like that 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 new perspective that only comes with that moment of clarity that you get when you're at rock bottom, you know, like that's how I view it. Um, lowest point, I, I don't know, like there have been a lot of tough times, like when I when I had my daughter and our ends were low and we were homeless and living at a friend's house and she was sleeping on the couch and the mother of my child and my daughter were living in her room and like that was like a really tough time you know that was before the record was done that was before any of this was happening that was before you know I was it was a completely different time like we had absolutely nothing you know and and where we're at right now where none of us are satisfied her, her mother included but her mother's an artist too and is, is working diligently on getting there and, and again like if we had 50 million right now we wouldn't be satisfied you know it's like it's that that's never gonna come you know it's like I eat and I'm full for 15 minutes you know it's like the perfect analogy for how I feel about mm -hmm. just myself you know and again being in 2017 these kids don't feel like they're doing enough anyway like it doesn't like we all want to be making an impact there are so many things every day you wake up this is trending this is trending this is on Instagram this is what we should be paying attention to and what have you and all these things are making impacts and everybody's like talking about them or it's affecting everybody and we're not doing that yet not enough people yet you know what I'm saying so that's driving a lot of us um, that's what's propelling a lot of us forward um, you know I'm, I've just learned this year like you know coming outside talking to people like you I'm already having a huge impact on like a lot of lives and 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 that's great you know that that lets me know that when I finally get a position or a, a, an opportunity to be on a massive platform and I can say something I'm going to say something of value you know hmm. yeah and what is inspiring you uh everything man like like everything every conversation uh the, the color of the bricks on this house that I walk by you know, like this, everything and anything. You know, I, I pull from absolutely everything. I can, I can say, I don't know about inspiring, but inspiring me. But something that's really driving me is, um, they don't realize how prolific I am, yet. And I'm like, uh, I can't wait for that day that it it sets, like it sinks in. You know. Um, so in the meantime, I'm going to do as much as I fucking can. So when they finally realize and they go back, they just got so much t to go through. You know, I'm going to live forever. Mm. Yeah, so. You're you're leaving a legacy behind through all Yeah, your that's work. the point. That's where we want to get to. You know, mm. like, we, we there's a lot of broken families in my community mm -hmm. and just period. And I, I know where I'm at with my family. Um, I want to be the starting point of this, like, new era in our lives and I wanna I wanna begin this legacy that I pass on and hopefully it, you know it just lives forever. Sean, is there anything else that you wanted to say to the people who've been listening right now, man? Anything? Um yeah, man, I just wanna say shout out to everybody that's uh that's hitting me up, um, and showing me love. Um uh, you know, just like, you know, through, through on the internet and just in real life, like, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I don't have, again, like, we don't, 
for people to fuck with me, they're fucking with me because they want to. You know, it's like they they are passionate about it. Something has spoken to them. Something has resonated. It's not. It wasn't placed in front of them for them to go and see it. You know what I'm saying? It was, and and I I just want to say I really really appreciate that. King of Suffering is coming really soon. That's the name of the mixtape. Uh, I can see Blue Sky from here is the album part two of the trilogy. And as I am in the middle of figuring out all of this industry hoopla like you know we will still be delivering work because that's that's what we're you know on this earth to do so be patient i appreciate your support um we have like a lot of things coming really soon mm. yeah thank you for your time sean it, man. thank you so much for having me come so i really appreciate it man big fan of the show what did you guys think of my conversation with Sean Leon on the Come Up Show podcast? Please take in his catalog. He's released a lot of music since this interview came out. Really, really special. And I'm excited to see what he's up to in 2020. Yo, it's your boy Chettos. Thank you for hanging out with us in 2019. and so excited for what 2020 is bringing for us. And we'll catch you all in the next episode. Peace. Peace.